This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the closing of the Activision-Microsoft deal is a big step forward for the two companies themselves. The next question is how the two sides come together and the impact that they may provide on the video game industry. Pleasure to be joined by Harbir Singh, who's a management professor here at the Wharton School. He is also co-director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management. Harbir, great to talk to you again. Yes, thanks for inviting me. Thank you. All right, so obviously this is a deal that's been talked about for a while. It's now starting to move forward. What was your reaction to the deal itself and the potential impact of these two companies? Well, it was actually quite a remarkable deal. It was uh, the largest deal that Microsoft had made. And at $68.7 billion, it was a very, very large step. Uh, It was also truly transformative. And you could see that in the impact on Sony when the stock price of Sony on that particular period went down by 13%. So it was a significant impact on the what people saw as the the PlayStation-oriented uh, gaming business. Um, but also, it was a way for Microsoft to really get time to market. This was something that uh, they had kind of been envisioning, and they had several op- uh, offerings uh, based on the Xbox and applications on the Xbox. Uh, but um, Activision Blizzard gave them uh, you know large numbers of users with Candy Crush and Call of Duty and other such uh, uh, games and also multiple platforms, including the mobile, the cloud, um, and and many others. Uh, So I think this is truly a transformative deal. And the other point that's worth making is that uh, tech companies have been growing through acquisition at a remarkable pace. Um, And so in the, just a few years ago, they were relatively skittish about making acquisitions because worrying about loss of talent, which is a real issue, and also about organizational culture differences and so on. But they have gone into this with both feet. So then is the expectation that maybe we will continue to see even more types of acquisitions in this tech space as we move forward? Because especially if if these two companies are able to come together uh, relatively seamlessly. I think that's exactly right. The question is, what is the competitive reaction from other players? And uh, they will also uh, need to sort of uh, access this market, which is moving very, very fast. Uh, It's a source of revenue, but there's also platform sharing. People are working across platforms. Users are working across platforms. Um, And I think the key issue, which is tied to my uh, interest in technology and innovation, is uh, that firms are recognizing that Uh, internal development is a bit slow. And therefore, even though you might have fewer cultural differences, sometimes you don't win with your internal products. Uh, Partnerships are useful, alliances are useful, but then there's a question of the end game. And when it comes to the end game, as in how do we share the returns over time? And is there an opportunity where in fact, uh, one player needs to take charge? And I think that's the issue with uh, this gaming industry that uh, there's, you cannot have Microsoft and Activision being offered uh, as, a, as a pair over the long run. So you really have to sort of decide whether you want to access control, but then you have to manage the relationship. Why then does a company like Microsoft go ahead and make an acquisition like this of Activision when they certainly have the resources to probably build out a lot of their own aspects of what they're going to be getting from Activision. Right. 
Um, well, you can think about, you know, uh, Google buying YouTube, right? Even though they had tremendous resources to do so. And it was because YouTube was a fat platform that actually uh, was, you know, had users and was, was already integrated fully as a platform. Uh, they also invested in Android, which became a huge ecosystem. Uh, so these companies have recognized, unlike previous years where you had or previous decades, really, where you had companies getting disrupted by the startups, they're still getting disrupted. But what they're seeing is maybe I should buy the startup or partner with a startup that's actually winning in their space. Now, you're going to make some mistakes, but then um, those mistakes are small in relation to the payoff if you get some of these right. Satya Nadella, after this deal was announced, mentioned that he felt that this allowed Microsoft to make a real contribution to consumer markets. And mm -hmm. I found that interesting because I think of Microsoft and all the different products that they bring to market as one that has already connected with the consumer. Right. I guess he didn't feel that way and that Activision really gave him that path to be able to do so. Yes, uh, and it's fascinating you mentioned that because, uh, you know, uh, Steve Ballmer, who preceded uh, Satya, did a phenomenal job in many, many ways. But his idea was to focus really on the office platform, right? And uh, those kinds of applications. And so uh, they did well with that. And they never really had enough of a strength in the uh, entertainment area. And I think Apple kind of showed that you can be seamless across on the, on the mobile devices. Um, and Xbox, you know, in a sense, was always a little, uh, you know, it was a hardware-based second platform, right? Whereas Apple had this digital hub uh, across all platforms. So, and in fact, Satya was, um, when he came in, he had to resurrect the mobile business. Now that meant that there were developers already there, but to sort of give them the visibility and the resources. And this is sort of uh, a step where you're getting to the entertainment desktop, but it's no longer a desktop. It's the mobile platform, it's the cloud, it's uh, streaming, it's all those possibilities. How much does... Microsoft need to put its own fingerprint on Activision as it moves forward? Or is it easier just to, I mean, obviously Activision has been a very successful company. Do you leave it run primarily the way it has run, maybe with just some minor touches here and there? I think that's an excellent question. And that's the core issue. Um, what Microsoft did with LinkedIn, perhaps, is uh, the way they need to manage uh, Activision, uh, which is they, they left LinkedIn largely alone. And this was the fear when they bought LinkedIn, that they might actually lose the community because, you know, you, um, Microsoft still has this complex image, right, of being a, kind of a, you know, more of a business application kind of uh, firm. And now you're in a territory of individual users of all ages in the case of Activision. So um, they have a template with their acquisition of uh, LinkedIn, um, which they would be, you know, uh, it'll be advised to pursue that. Uh, in other words, autonomy to the unit, uh, giving it the complementary resources it needs, um, and also sort of ensuring that the, that the culture of uh, Activision uh, remains um, what brought it to this point. You know, you might actually manage, the dis you might may disrupt the culture through this acquisition. That was going to be my next question because you obviously want this to be as successful a deal as possible. Yes. And for Microsoft, they probably have to be aware of not trying to overdo it as, yes. as they kind of bring all these elements on board. Absolutely. And you know, there's a real danger 
Uh, this is where tech firms have had a long history of failures where uh, they send in you know, armies of people who have good intentions, but they're saying you have to adopt this system, you have to adopt this way of doing things, uh, this is our process for uh, making decisions. Um, and you know, immediately you're imposing bureaucracy on the other side. Um, and I think that is a real danger that they have. Um, they seem to have done well with uh, many of their more recent acquisitions. So, but this is something that they have to continue to follow. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that culture really is about shared norms, values, and beliefs. And those are already all set in activism. It's a big, big organization, $69 billion in value. Yeah. It, it's, it's got revenue, it's got you know, developers, it's got, it's got lots of assets in place. And the first question they would have is, is this a penalty for success? You know, we did well and now we're being bought by this company. Uh, luckily, Microsoft's image is positive and, and can actually be helpful, but that's not enough. You know, you need to uh, ensure that the innovation engine remains intact. So then look at this from the other side, from Activision side, and and where do they see the, the, the best paths to success and, and adding on to the success they've already had as they move forward? So on that front, uh, this is a great transaction uh, because uh, they can get the scale of Microsoft, uh, they can get the complementary resources, um, they have long-term durability in their strategy. Uh, and I think a way to manage this, and there are some templates actually going quite, a, quite far back. Uh, IBM bought Lotus uh, for networking software. And actually the way it was managed was Lotus was accessing the resources. So they were asking them to use uh, the parent as a, uh, as, a, as a menu of possible resources. And you kind of cherry pick what you want. So that would be an ideal kind of situation if uh, Activision kind of uh, drives the, uh, the, the, the choice of complementary resources from Microsoft. Uh, capital, of course, is easy, but the rest of it, uh, you know, how to, how to seamlessly connect to the platforms Microsoft also has, uh, the, uh, the cloud, for example, those are important issues to think about. How do you think then the, the, uh, the remainder of the tech sector looks at this at this acquisition as it's gone through. And obviously the other side to it is also the process that it went through uh, mm -hmm. with all the regulatory hurdles that it yeah. had to clear both here in the U.S. and, and abroad mm -hmm. as well. How does the industry as a whole look at this deal? This is a transformative deal. It is changing, uh, you know, you can almost think about the ecosystems, you know, of users. And uh, the now Microsoft has a position as a, a, into a major player and actually providing their ecosystem in addition to that of Activision. So um, players in the industry uh, now need to uh, recognize that there are deep pockets, that is, uh, there is a long-term perspective. Um, and so um, how, do, how do the sort of the relationships among different players with long-term uh, connections between them, how do those relationships change within their own ecosystem? So that's the first point. Uh, the second point is speaking to the antitrust issue, which is, I think, a, a really, really important issue. Uh, it was a real surprise to many that uh, because the antitrust uh, authorities had actually mentioned that they're going to take a very hard look at this, lots of scrutiny. Um, but uh, the European side, actually, um, you know, the British authority in particular, the Competition Markets Authority, um, sort of indicated that they were willing to go along with this. And I think that was the the signal that uh, other players kind of saw as indicative of uh, 
uh, how this will go forward. Because the very thing that we say is a good deal for Microsoft can be seen as anti-competitive from an sure. antitrust point of view. You mentioned the word ecosystem a moment ago. You've mentioned yeah. a couple of times in the interview. Mm -hmm. And I guess from Microsoft's perspective, there's an element of, of what Satya Nadella and the company wanted to kind of reach looking at, as you said, what Apple has kind of set up. Yes. And I guess to a degree, Amazon is, is kind of in that same boat as well. Yes. They have both built ecosystems that allow people to come in maybe at one touch point, but yes. also be able to benefit from so many other touch points. Yes. And, and I guess that's what Microsoft's looking to try and build as well. Yes, I think the complementary resources, the complementary activities, uh, and uh, users have kind of, you know, there was a, the thought kind of just a few years ago that an ecosystem has to be open, but the Apple ecosystem is kind of partially open. It's also very proprietary, the iOS, and people have been willing to live with that for now. This is always a question. Um, I think Microsoft has had traditionally a more, you know, open ecosystem. Uh, and the seamlessness of, you know, these kinds of applications like games and the other activities that you can get from other parts of the ecosystem that Microsoft has uh, is potentially a real, um, a real asset. And by the way, it's all about time to market. And the other concept uh, for you that's interesting in this discussion is uh, market value versus replacement value. Okay, so $69 billion. What it would take to actually replace Activision through Microsoft's own activities, whether it's internal or through partnerships, and without doing proper calculations, there aren't, you know, these are not tradable assets. You have to buy them. You can't sort of, if they don't want to partner with you, there's no other choice. Yeah, you're talking about the investment that it would take for, for Microsoft to build out each of the components that they yeah. would need to get to where Activision is right now. And they have tried, of course. They've had the Xbox yeah. ecosystem and so on. And, you know, uh, the, the user base is not as strong. I mean, this happens, you know, you... You, you realize you're not winning a particular race, um, but you have complementary assets. There's value on both sides here. It's not as if they're just buying into it and, and holding. Let me finish up by asking you that one of the questions that's obviously been out there a lot around AI and, and mm -hmm. thinking about this deal and thinking about tech in general, how AI will be impacting these companies and these types of deals moving forward. Right. I think that's a, also a very, very important question. We are so early in the evolution of AI, you know, it's almost like the early stages of, uh, you know, microprocessor chips and look how far they came. And this is not even hardware based. So the possibilities are still emerging, uh, but there's no doubt that there will be an impact uh, in many, many ways, including how users uh, end up using AI, uh, but also how developers use AI. So I think that from the development side, you might see uh, dramatic changes. Uh, within um, the gaming arena, you know, and and also in applications. Harbeer, always great to get your insight. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Harbeer Singh, man management professor here at the Wharton School, also co-director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.